When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Oh, wait. Is this car selling secrets? Yeah, yeah. Play is the tune, okay. man. I've been oh. waiting for a month for that. I'll play the new one. <laughs> there you go. Ah, oh, that's fabulous. Welcome to the monthly flagship Ford's car selling secrets to my immediate right, my good friend, and fourth time on the show. Tom Ryan. Mike Gelfand, sidekick. Andy Brant Bernard. And Thomas M. Barnard. Wow. This mm. is so much fun. Um, before <laughs> we get to Tom, sincere. I do have a couple of car things that we need to talk about. Then I'm sure we'll, that'll be the, the, the extent of the car content. While I was uh, sitting here earlier, I got a text from a guy I've actually never met before, but we're Facebook friends. He and his, I think their twin brothers are really quite accomplished jazz musicians. They're conservative intellectuals and so we are we differ on everything but i have got a lot of respect for them because you're not an intellectual right oh. <laughs> well, <laughs> talk slower but they but you run in the family of one so you must be a disgrace to your dad well he's dead so i don't think he worries about it anymore well he just took it to the grave then <laughs> he just died a short time ago as mary yeah i remember god that. i I'm missed sorry this. About that Anyway, he had just bought a, uh, <laughs> a Chevrolet up. Equinox, and he, it has what's called stop-start technology. Oh. And he goes, I don't even know if I had, why I have that, and I didn't know why it came with it. Is it bad for the car? Um, what to, is it? it? Kind of, it's the car, it, under certain conditions, if it's warmed up enough, and you come to a stop sign, you put the brake on, and the engine will shut off. Oh, up. yeah. Right. Um, I've seen cars so, like that. I, yeah, hear, I hear it's a good thing. Well, it, I, it's it's not a durability issue, which is one of his questions, but it's it was built for the manufacturers. They have to hit certain fuel economy standards, nah. and that gets, if you use it under the right conditions, yeah. you'll get two-tenths of a better mile per gallon rating. Right. Most people hate it mm. uh, because it's annoying. Um, and they just there are various ways to shut it off. So if it, if you don't if it doesn't bother you, uh, Mr. Cotton, just keep driving it as is. If it drives you crazy, just Google how do I uh, mm -hmm. shut off. And there are different ways to sort of, you know, hotwire it. That right. Actually, the opposite of that, so it never comes on. Because I know when I was a kid, people would do it manually. They oh, would turn yeah. off their cars at red lights. I, because, back yeah. in the 70s when gas hit a buck yep. 20 a gallon, oh, there's gee. people gliding. Oh. <laughs> the problem is those cars weren't really made for that. And it just, now, back it, then, starting yeah. up a car took like a whole bunch of gas, right? Yeah, yeah it took more gas because they were carbureted. It was just a really bad yeah. idea. Not, just, not to mention how much it cost to put a new in, uh, ignition device right. in there. Or a yeah. starter, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. People just freak out about gas prices. It's the craziest thing. If they go... And it's the it's not the dollar amount; it's the change. So well, and also also people can see the numbers. Yeah, you know, that's true. It's a it's a number you see every day, everywhere you go. It's and it's if it goes higher, yeah. you're constantly reminded of it. I'm I'm always looking at the point spread every day, so mm -hmm. I can understand the the uh, how people become fixated. Yeah, yeah. So you could maybe you could open up a book on gas prices. I'm sure someone has. What probably, they mean? probably do, yeah. over under. Is it over four bucks again? It depends on where you go, but it's close. It's God. anywhere from 370-something to four, maybe 09. Tom and I don't care because we don't go to gas stations <laughs> go to gas Isn't that awesome? <laughs> Other than to buy, well, I don't even go there to buy Pepsi anymore because yeah. I only drink two of those a day now. Wow. Yeah, they've lost a ton on me. Pretty much killed the whole thing, huh? Yeah. It really did, yeah. Pepsi Cold Turkey. is dead. The other piece of automotive news, I, I was talking about it on the live spot this morning, is that it's looking more and more like the UAW is going to strike all three of the 
Jeez. Big three automakers. Uh, the contract expires at midnight Eastern, so uh, it looks like that. And they've never struck all three of them before. Yeah. Ford hasn't been struck since the late 70s. It's been almost 40 years. Uh, General Motors went through it be right before COVID, 2019, and it was only a few weeks, if I remember right. But this could be a, a big deal. Um, and you know, it will affect more than just uh, the domestics if it drags on. Because what a lot of people don't know is, while Ford makes Fords, obviously, the parts that they use to make them, a lot of the parts are made by uh, third-party parts vendors that also supply other manufacturers. So if that chain goes down, screws up the parts manufacturing for a lot of the cars that are going to be built in the U.S., whether the Toyotas, Hondas, so on and so forth. I think. It looks like the only people that will be uh, uh, safe from this are Ferrari owners. Well, you oh, know, well, thank it God, makes me I think just a little bit that we should maybe set up a GoFundMe page for Paul and Andrew. Who? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, my, who? <laughs> so my good friend Tom's here. Not much is new. Wife moved out of the house and your dad died in the last month. Yeah, so I said, much. you need to be on the podcast. Yeah. Jeez. Life's good. Life's good. Man. Um, yeah, so lots going on, but uh, yeah, the the striking thing is, you know, we might want to have a moment of silence for dealers because it's been awful rough for the past couple of years. Well, the last six months has been a return it, to normal. It, it has been a little bit with inventory, but uh, it's, it sounds for me like the perfect time for, to sell my twenty-five-year-old Camry. Well, I, it could be worth two hundred more. Yeah, well, or two hundred. <laughs> Just right, two hundred would be a well, lot. Well, it depends on how much gas is in it at four bucks a gallon. <laughs> mm. Well, I, no, there's a lot of gas in there because I just filled up the gas tank in March. Okay. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> there you go. It might, it might be in the form of vapor, but it's there. Eight or nine hundred yeah. miles a year. Yeah, awesome. A little, a little less now. <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of weaning it. That's why I say this would be a good time because obviously the price of used cars is going to go up. It would. Well, a, a 25, a Camry, regardless of the age, yeah. you put That's that thing stuff. in Craigslist and you will yeah. have oh, yeah. and thousands thing, of people and that thing camping all, out in, outside of your door. It's only got like 140,000 miles on Low. it. Low. Yeah. And now one thing I think I would have to do is probably get rid of the, uh, the duct tape. No, that adds to the. You think so? Oh, well, it yeah. depends on what the duct tape is doing. Well, it's holding. It's holding <laughs> up right. the. Uh, it's holding the wheel. Yeah, on. the exactly. headlights. Well, <laughs> yeah, you need headlights, so yeah, I'd keep it. Yeah. Or not drive at night. I haven't driven at night like in forty years. So you haven't driven. Well, I've driven, but not at night. I stopped driving at night. Probably, probably literally 30 years ago, yeah. And most of Minnesota thanks you for Didn't that. You have to get up at like three in the morning. Yeah, it was still dark at the time. There were times when it was still dark. In fact, you know. We used to be in Golden Valley, the radios, and that was like a four-minute drive for me. Right. So that was pretty cool. Then, of course, we moved in like around Dinkytown. Now, mm -hmm. the first day that I had to go to the Dinkytown studios, um, it was an entirely new thing, and it was like the, the it was like you know the depths of darkness. I'm driving in there like at 6 a.m. and uh, and it was raining, and I thought I don't know if I can do this. Well, I, I could do it because the um, the uh, I, I never hit anything except one of those one of those big wooden signs do not enter signs mm -hmm. you know sure. yeah I did hit that uh, but I and I was going kind of fast I was going like 18 miles an hour when I hit that thing and so do you wear a helmet um, I, well now I do but <laughs> but I wasn't smart enough to do it then so yeah so that was it was always an adventure that's when I decided I was never going to drive it at night again if I didn't absolutely have to. You know what I loved about that story, and I'm very serious about this, is the guy who decided to move us, Marky. Yeah. Oh, no, yeah, of course. Mo Let's see, everybody that works here lives in the western suburbs. Mm -hmm. Let's move the station over to the St. Paul borderline. Yeah. yeah. It's like, what? Yeah. You know, you when I was doing? in high school, none of those buildings were there. But no. Elm Street was, and that was yeah, where, that right. was a drag strip uh, for oh, yeah. teenage sure. kids. Yeah, yep. I, I, you know, and, and there were so, still some people. When we worked there, who was still still using it? For yeah, they really were. Oh yeah. Yeah. We have a caller, and his name is Joe. Joe, Joe what's the latest? Well, not much. Um, Want to speak a little bit on the uh, strike? Um, they are when they say they're going to all go at once. They mean that they're going to go. They're going to go GM, Solantis, and Ford, but it's going to be plant region by region. Mm -hmm. Um, say they decide they want local A62 to go on strike, 
That means that LAP and KTP would both go on strike at that, at, at that time. But all the other four plants will still be working until it comes time for the next mm. re- region to go on strike. Were you ever so on strike then, then when you were uh, working at Ford? No. You got by without that. Here you were. Yeah, lucky. it's been, I think, late 70s, I think, was the last time yeah. UAW struck Ford. Yeah, it was 45 like years ago. Still a kid then. Jeez, mm-hmm. Mike, how old do you think I am? Well, <laughs> I, I, I am not an expert as to the years when the UAW was on strike. I have to admit that. You know, there are certain things that you just don't remember because they're, you know, they're not they're front not and center. not part of your world. No, That's right. right, yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe you should have worn the helmet first, sooner. <laughs> well, you kept all that knowledge, Joe. Well, exactly. I, I didn't mind wearing the helmet because people just assumed I was a professional football player. Well, easy to uh, uh, easy to sure. kind of you can see how that yeah, yeah. get so, there quick. Yeah. New listeners, Joe uh, works for Ford, builds um, uh, uh, Ford's in the assembly plant in Louisville, Kentucky, and calls into the show all the time. And worked at the uh, Highland Park uh, assembly uh, plant. Ranger plant. Yeah, that was you know not far from my house. So uh, living on Creighton Avenue, if there had been a strike then, it would have been a big thing on Creighton yeah. Avenue. Because half the people on Creighton Avenue, that part of it, did work for it worked at the assembly plant. I went to Breckett when it was across the river back in the '70s, and we did a lot of underage drinking at Tiffany's and Pudge's. What? Well, of course, yeah. You had to be 14 to get in. I understand. Different rules. <laughs> See, by, the only problem by the Ford plant. Had there been a strike and they were trying to keep me out of Cecil's, there would have been trouble. Oh, yeah. that's, that's, yeah. Cecil's. That would have been Pudges big trouble. Is one awesome. Yeah, Pudge's is one thing. Yeah. God, I had a friend that fell down the stairs and died there. At Pudges? Yeah. Well, geez. Had he been drinking? Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Remind me, I have something in my car that I was going to bring in. A podcast listener dropped off at Flagship Ford. It's a uh, 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 cocktail coaster from Charlie's. And then a whole pamphlet. You sent me a from, picture yeah, of Yeah, I've got them yeah. in the car. And then a pamphlet from Murray's. It has to be from like the late 50s or something. Yeah. He goes, oh. and they, I think the guy's probably 80 because he's got that, you know, old people when they get that <laughs> handwriting style. <laughs> Give nice. this to Tommy B. So, I so got awesome. Remind me when we leave. <clears throat> that we was back when you could go downtown to show how well you were doing. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Because well, sure. you could actually afford to eat down there. Yeah. <laughs> Having lunch at Charlie's, that was the only. Oh, old. God. When I drove taxi, I used to, I had a regular oh. waiter that I picked up. It was so long ago, they called them waiters, not servers. And everybody that worked there referred to it as Chuck's Truck Stop. Yeah, they, Chuck's Truck Stop. I remember that. You were smart. You were picking up guys at Charlie's. Yeah. At, and when I was driving a cab, I was picking up people at the Carousel Bar. Yeah, I got, a, I, I got runs out of Mousies in the brass yeah. rail from time to time. Okay. Now, the, if you got the bartenders, they were great. Bartenders oh, yeah. and waitresses and waiters are always consistently, yeah, yeah. anybody that works for tips will tip. It's just the patrons. Well. It's the patrons. Okay. Yeah. I picked up one guy. <laughs> the bouncer waved me over. I'm like, oh, shit. He throws this drunken guy in the back seat. He's probably, he's really old. He's like in his early 40s. Uh, really, <laughs> really, and he's just well. I'm 19, right, yeah. right, uh, and he's totally shit faced at you know nine o'clock at night. I said, "Where are you going?" And he goes, "None of your fucking business." And I said, <laughs> oh, well, it's going to be tough for a cab driver. I said, We're not leaving if I don't know where to take you. And he gets this puzzled look. I said, "Do you have your license on you?" And he hands me his wallet, and I pull it out, and he says, "3947 Park." He goes, "Yeah, the greenhouse." He couldn't remember where he lived. Yeah, so that was a typical Hennepin Avenue page. Oh yeah, I, I remember I, I was taking a guy from the from the Carousel or Mousies, one of those two, to a place on uh, North Washington Avenue, uh, duplex, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, he back uh, before they invented the North Loop. Exactly. Yes, oh exactly. yes, yes. Yeah, it wasn't exactly and body uh, armor. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, and uh, and he uh, of course he he gives me the old. I gotta go inside to get the money. Ooh. Oh God! Long wait. Goodbye. Yeah, I finally I you know, ring the doorbell, and oh, you're ballsy. Uh, well, you know, I wanted that that three dollars and forty eight cents yeah. or whatever it was. It's probably forty five cents. Ended on the nickel in those days yep. when people yeah. had nickels. Yep. Nickel is uh, is gone. It's not a thing anymore. So he he eventually he comes to the door and uh, he's uh, he's sort of in a state of caress. With uh, with a woman who might have been his wife even or Maybe. somebody's wife, or his I don't mom, know. who knows? Yeah, Ooh. and so 
We yeah. said mousies. <laughs> so I said, well, I'll, I'll be waiting. I'll be waiting in the, in the car. But, you know, you really need to get your money and come out. So he, he does come out, and he says, how much is it? And I said, oh, it's uh, $4.55. He said, how much? I said, $5. He said, "What?" I said, six twenty-five. <laughs> <laughs> Kept going up just a little. Here I was. I had thrown away all my ethics after two two weeks of driving a cab. I'm surprised it took that yeah. long. <laughs> well, I you know I hung in as long as I could. All right. Question for everybody at table B here, because Andy's too young to know this. Who's the first person you think of when you hear the word mousies? I w- I would go with Dave Moore. Dave Moore. I don't. I don't associate anybody with that. I just quarter drinks. You ready? Alan mm-hmm. Crutch. <laughs> oh, I like it, Alan Crutch. Uh, Steve Cannon. It was oh. Cannon. I was close. It was Cannon and Dave Moore. Yeah, they, they both used talked to about hang Mousies. out at Mousies? No, but they always talked about oh, it. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. No, Cannon, Cannon, liked, uh, <laughs> Cannon liked to hang out at Gannon's. Gannon. Oh, okay. Remember yeah. Gannon. Oh, yeah. Dave Moore at the court bar. And Dave, well, among others. <laughs> <laughs> well. But Dave, you know, Dave was I just loved Dave just loved to talk to people. What a great yeah, I mean, guy he would have a drink or two, but you know, he he would go there and he would go to uh, what was the one? Um, God, I'm trying to think of the name of the one where they had the 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 big ball of cheese, the big wheel of cheese. Oh yeah. Remember yeah. that? What was that place called? Um, I can't remember. While you're thinking of that, I'll Not tell you wagon. when my car, um, when my uh, cab driving morals went out the window, it was my training session. So <laughs> oh, you had days, a training session? Yeah, for like three or four days, oh, you wow. drive around. I never with had that. One of the old drivers. So we had the Sunday morning shift, and he pulls up outside of a bar. And just sits there. And I'm like, why aren't we taking any calls? He goes, because we're going to make more money doing this. Sure enough, oh. all of a sudden, people start walking up. He opens the trunk, and he's bootlegging out of the oh. back of the cab. Ooh. And we're on <laughs> Chicago Avenue. Guess what bar it was? You can remember? About 11th in Chicago. 11th in Chicago. God. Danny's. Oh, Danny's. Oh, Danny's, Danny's, yeah. Danny's yeah. Well, what I was thinking was Jimmy Heggs. Oh, Jimmy Heggs, yep, yeah. I remember and that's that. that's where all the theater people went. Yep. And, of course, Dave Moore, he was in with the theater people. God, I loved him. Dave was a good actor, among other things. He Do you guys remember Palmer's? Oh, I remember Palmer's, Palmer's oh. absolutely. Oh, yeah. You could get it to go. Well, not really, but you could, <laughs> yeah. right? I mean, when it got late enough, it was okay. Palmer's was what some people might call downscale. What? No, I, I, Come I, on. I'm not, it's, not Come a, on. it's not a criticism. Palmer's is still there. <laughs> is it really? Yeah. Yeah. Where else, is that out in it's, the... No, uh, Cedar seven, Riverside. Yeah, it's right across right. the street yeah. from uh, Old Five Corners. Is it really still yeah. there? Yeah. So, was, yeah, that Palmer's is where you went when you got kicked You got kicked out of uh, the Viking bar. There was a picture. Oh, sure. I think it was during the Super Bowl. You know, John Hamm, the actor? Was yeah. Mm-hmm. Mad, Mad Men. He's in there, Palmer's. With his arm around the ham's bear because they've got a poster. Right, right. So right. this is just a couple of years ago. Really? Well, when huh. was the Super Bowl? Did, uh, what about Stand Up Franks? That's gone. Stand well, Up Franks You could is drink gone, on yeah. your medallion all day. You could. Yeah, you could. That's yeah. true. Well, that, that was originally where I went when I was doing remote. Stand Up Franks? Well, it was originally. Well, but, but it turned out that Irv's was better. Irv's, not Ike's. Irv's. I had a friend that's at 8 that bartended yep. at Nerves. I oh was flying the, um, home from Toronto, 6 a.m. flying. The guy next to me had five double screwdrivers <laughs> at 6 a.m. I'm like... Nervous flyer? Oh, my God. Let me pull a chucker on you. Is he alive? Wow. <laughs> and they kept, they kept serving him, which I was sort of oh, surprised. God. When he ordered the first one, my eyes kind of went up on number five. I was like, whatever. <laughs> it probably That's works for the airline. Yeah. Well, of course, Irv's had the three-for-one special at 8 a.m. He was such a good guy, too. When the too. bar opened. Oh, yeah. I liked when you interviewed him. A yeah. Good guy. Yeah. He, uh, I always enjoyed him, and I could, I could, I could actually insult him. And mm-hmm. he would consider what I said. He wouldn't, you know, like... Like he said to me one day, he said, "Well, if they a lot of a lot of bartenders or bar owners, we used to say this. If they if they uh, if they ban smoking, our business goes to shit. We'll be out of business within three weeks." And of course, what happened was they banned smoking, and everybody's business went up. Yeah, it did. Because more uh, people in bars. There were so many people who wanted to go to bars but couldn't. So you guys are making me tear up now. My old neighborhood you're talking about now, because you used to have. Uh, What's the name of the strip joint again? Right there in Washington oh, and Broadway. Oh yeah. What um, the hell was the name of that God. place? It was. It was. I never was in that place, but, but uh, it was legendary. Yeah, it was like just. Um, 
It was like a two blocks away, I think, from her. It was like PJs or JPs. Yeah, it had, it had initials like to it, yeah. But one of my favorite things, Tommy, I'll tell you this story, face-to-face, there were three men's urinals in the bathroom at this strip club, right? And it was a, just a bar before it was a strip club, so I was in there one night. <laughs> Place is packed. I have to go to the bathroom. I walk in, and the middle urinal is the only one that's open. So I'm standing at the urinal. The uh, guy you to never m- want to be in the middle. No, you do not. <laughs> guy to my right is about five foot one, and the guy to my left uh, is about six foot six. Oh. Right? Six foot six to five one. And you hear some noise out there, like a fight just broke out. And apparently the, young, the, the tall guy and the shorter guy both knew it was going to break out. So the younger guy looks across me at this six foot six guy and he goes, Hey! Guy, big guy goes, yeah, what? He goes, you need any help? Just give me the green light. <laughs> <laughs> Never that's forget so awesome. it. <laughs> I know it was. I I thought, man, that's wonderful. I'm glad to hear it. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Uh, we're just trying to represent people who've been injured through no fault of their own. We're trying to talk to them before they talk to an adjuster or before they take a settlement that isn't something they should get based upon their injuries. How many people are out there in different, not in the law business, that love to run around scaring people before you even get to them? Well, adjusters will want to settle cases right. and they want to close files. So based upon that, they do what they have to. Um, I think there's a lot of circumstances where they probably act as attorneys where they're not attorneys and they try yeah. to explain people's rights or they give them a certain view that if they look at it. And what I always say is this. If the adjuster really, truly thinks the offer they made makes sense, they'd have them come see us. You know? And that's exactly my question is you have to understand who has the best, your best interest in mind, correct? Well, you want to know what your rights are. You know, whether yep. or not you decide yep. you're going to hire us or not, that's a choice. It's a free consultation, and you want to understand what your, all your rights are and what coverages you have. And plus the fact, I hang out with you, so you got to be a good guy <laughs> if I'm hanging out with you. Uh, maybe. <laughs> uh, okay. Ladies and gentlemen, Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. Tom here. For years, you've heard me talk about my friends at North American Banking Company. They have great online and mobile banking options, plus friendly employees who are always ready to help. And with their location in Maple Grove now open, it's even more convenient for me and my family. Go visit my friends at any one of their six Twin Cities locations or go online to nabankco.com to learn more. Why not bank with my banker? North American Banking Company, a better banking experience, member FDIC and equal housing lender. You all have helped build MyPillow into the incredible company it is today and have trusted in Mike Lindell to give you a great night's sleep. Mike's latest incredible deal is on the Giza Dream Sheets, which you've heard me rave about before, that's for sure. These sheets are made from the world's best cotton, Giza. They are ultra soft and breathable, yet extremely durable. Right now, the Giza Dream Sheets at its lowest price ever. These sheets are 60% off, coming in as low as $39.99 with promo code TOM. Well, uh, uh, Dougie, sure. tonight, change of subject, Eric Clapton. I'm going. Oh, me you too. are? Yeah. Uh, you're going as well. My yeah, son bought, and aunt. my daughter bought me tickets for my birthday. Well, I got a call from uh, my <laughs> one of my friends over at Hubbard the other day. He goes, hey, you want to go to Clapton? I'm like, sure, yes. I'll go out and hang out with all the other anti-vaxxers. Yeah. Who's the one that mispronounced the name? Huh? Who's the one, the news anchor that mispronounced the name? It, it wasn't be- news anchor. It was the... Uh, uh, Shit, we just talked about this. The Surgeon morning. General. Surgeon General Cat. Jocelyn Aaron Klapner. She killed him. Eric Klapner, huh? Eric Klapner. Eric Klapner yeah. is a good friend of mine. So, so if, I, if I went to see Clapton, could I wear a mask? Or I would think they kick could. me out? I, I I'd don't probably know. kick you out. Uh, Jimmy Vaughn is opening yep. for him. I saw it. That should be good. Yeah, we got an invite at the last minute, so I'm excited. Where, where to go. are they? It's been, uh, at, the, at the uh, X. XL. Oh, that's wonderful. Well, it's you know it's going to be way better than watching the Vikings. Sorry, and that's very true. Speak for yourself. I may have money on that. Game. <laughs> well, that's good. He's the last of the iconic guys, of course, that we grew up with that I've never seen. This would be my third or fourth time. I saw him right when he uh, cleaned up a little bit in the mid '70s, and 461 Ocean Boulevard yeah. had come out, and we're all like, "This isn't. Where's all the great stuff?" Cream hated the record. And I'm watching them set up, and in those days, when they said the concert starts at 7.30, it really meant between 7.30 and 11. You would sit there for hours and watch people fuck around, and there's people dragging carpets out and setting up amps, and there's this guy in this blue overall with a big beard, and he's kind of like helping them set the organ up, and 
they're finally shuffle onto stage, and the the guy with a blue jumpsuit says, "Now, ladies and gentlemen, Eric Clapton." And he grabbed a guitar and opened with Layla and just killed the. Whole, it was Eric Clapton. He was pretending to be a roadie, and he yeah, killed it. He was. Un, and Santana was a warm-up band. Wow. Jesus. So they played the encores together. They did like 45 minutes of Derek and the Dominoes and Santana tunes. It was a great show. So do uh, you know Sammy from Auto Hub? I don't. Uh, anyway, um, he lives out in uh, San Francisco, but Carlos Santana is his next-door neighbor. Oh, oh there you go. So he lives over in... Um, Across, Sausalito, over on Sausalito, right? yep. yeah. Nowadays, if I hear the the name Santana, what comes to mind is twelve different baseball players. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's right. That's exactly right. One of my favorite stories of all time. When I was back in the record business, I was at Capitol, and this guy was at Columbia, and he was giving Carlos Santana a ride to the airport. Right, so he took him. He's giving him a ride to the airport. Have you ever talked to Carlos Santana? No, no I've heard crazy, some interviews with him. He's a little. He's out there. Nicest guy in the world, yeah. though. At least back in the day, yeah. he was. Yeah. So he's riding along, and this was totally serious. He wasn't kidding. My friend looks at him and goes, so, uh, Carlos, where are you going from here? And he said, hopefully to a higher plane. <laughs> oh, boy. I think he does awesome. enjoy the weed a little bit. Oh, yeah. I think yeah. maybe, yes. I will. What a great line. And he was serious. Though. I've seen him interviewed, and he, he does seem like a really nice guy. Well, he made a uh, shitload yeah. of money. Uh, uh, he has a company that makes high-end women's fashion shoes oh i didn't know yeah. that oh that's sent to the santana shoe is yeah that that's oh. okay i didn't know that was him one of the best lines and dougie has heard this and you guys remember michael johnson uh, oh, absolutely sure. uh, another great story. this is great one of my favorite stories so we are traveling together we were really good friends and we were I, I can't remember what city we were in but anyway we were lost and we pulled up to he was trying to find a gig that he was playing at so we stopped <laughs> in this convenience store and we know we're close, and this kid behind the counter who is as stoned as you can possibly get, Michael said, can we take the road behind the store down to the lake? And the kid said, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great oh, it was so awesome. Asking permission. <laughs> right. Michael just, without missing a beat, very slowly turned his head and looked at me. And I just started to cry. I was laughing so hard. I was I like, I'm, I'm not sure that was <laughs> the question exactly. <laughs> and Maybe that, not. That sounds like the dream musicians would have two weeks after playing the, the venue. Right. Right. Oh, God, it was funny. It's one of my favorite memories. Imagine going that. into a convenience store and having a guy behind the counter who was stoned. How could that ever happen? Oh, yeah. I, never, I don't know what you mean. Yeah, what a funny I love deal. that stuff. I do. I love Michael Johnson. Did you get to know him at all? Uh, he used to stay at my house. He played at my wedding, and he also God. played at my mother's funeral. Um, did for he me. really? Yeah, huh? he did. So and he now, flew up from Nashville when he was living there. You know, he lived here, mm -hmm. and he played. He was originally in uh, his first band with John Denver. Yeah, right, okay, yeah. Um, he's from Colorado, and then he was really close. His son is named after Leo Kotke, who's oh, yeah. Minnetonka guy. Is Leo still around? Yeah, Minnetonka. Yeah, still playing that 12-string, really? yeah. isn't he? Yeah, mm -hmm. he's awesome. I'm um, the guy who didn't marry pretty Pamela, Pamela Brown. Brown. I, I will find myself God, singing that, that exact song sometimes. I love that his song. His wife, yeah. uh, so I went to see him not too long ago, and uh, his wife is his manager, or was. Was? And so yeah. she kind of dialed me in, and... It was, oh, did you get the names? Dropping a lot of names. Uh, here. Well, I don't know that these are really big names. Most of other, if you're not <laughs> our age, us. nobody would know. Most of the listeners that's are going, true. what? What is this? Where's who's Dave Moore? <laughs> yeah, um, right. Mm -hmm. and oh, so, that's true. Yeah, yeah. no, yeah, they don't. Right. Uh, they they simply don't know any longer. But those, you know, those are um, not big rock and roll stars, but. They made a living their whole lives playing music. Yeah, mm -hmm. Leo Kotke was a phenomenal talent. Yeah, oh, it's yeah. unbelievable. He's got yeah, a really deep nice voice. Guy. He's Remember? an awesome guy. Very funny, dry guy. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Oh, yes. And yeah. who, who wrote Pamela Brown, you remember? I don't. Anybody you know who wrote Pamela Brown, the great song? I always assumed it was him. Nope. I was going to say, is it John Goodman? <clears throat> nope. Okay. You ready? Mm hmm Tom T. Hall. Oh, really? Oh, of course, yep. of course. I knew that. Yeah. Oh, you did know it? Well, yeah. I forgot it, but yeah. Tom I, T. Hall. He so, wrote some great songs. It was it? funny. Uh, Michael, who, uh, Bluer Than Blue, was his big song. Loved it. Mm -hmm. um, that song made him a whopping couple thousand dollars. Really? Yeah. That's back it. Then. Why? So that was, uh, just, 
you know, apparently he bought the um, lyrics or whatever. They, you know, he just from somebody and wrote the deal, and there was no money in it. Well, if you think about it, they probably do that hundreds and hundreds of times throughout their careers. It's like, oh, just, you know, punch out this song, sell it for a couple thousand dollars, there you go, some quick buck. They never know if it's going to become a gigantic thing. And right. residuals yeah. were basically not a thing back then. You know, my, my favorite Tom T. Hall song, he wrote many, many. I love. Uh, but Well, the one I really like, which it, which wasn't, I don't think it was one of his biggest hits or anything, but it's, it's How I Got to Memphis. Oh, yeah. That's a great song. Oh, his songs were just amazing. Yeah. I watched something really cool a couple nights ago. I was goofing around on YouTube looking for something to watch, and it was a live in-studio 1983 in Holland with uh, Glenn Campbell and Leon Russell. You know, oh, playing gospels like and, tra- and they're both uh. at the peak of their game. Glenn Campbell's a great guitar player, plus, and he can sing. Plus, nobody enunciates like him, right? Or, well, like he did. And Leon Russell was was at the top of his game, and he's a great piano player. But the best part were the stories they tell in between. Sure bits and and they were started talking about elvis presley and leon russell says you know when you meet somebody famous and you're a little starstruck and then you say something stupid and you go why did i do that first time i met e i said to him elvis how come all your movies suck (laughs) and he goes why did i say that and you know, I did Glenn Campbell talk a lot about Tanya Tucker. No, I guess he I, probably didn't. Well, no, oh, he, he did say, he said, I, I think he just went through a divorce. And Leon goes, is that number three for you, Glenn? And he goes, well, I was in a community property state. And what I realized is that means she gets the property and I have to leave the community. <laughs> <laughs> what a you dude. know, you old timers might want to explain to the younger generation who these musicians are. Well, you can look them up on YouTube and go, yep, okay, that guy. You know what's amazing about that, Joe? I'm glad you brought that up because in my generation, I knew the music from two generations before me. Yeah. Well, my kids do. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I know, I, God, you can go back probably 100 years and I'd recognize this. But they all listen high school to them today. now. There's kids yeah. in high school today wearing Led Zeppelin and Bob Marley. Good. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad well, they And they the Beatles. Well, that's the thing. Every generation has. Islam are back. Or, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, some of the, the that we grew up with right. are all music that's now coming around again. Let's let Andy uh, yeah. weigh oh, in yeah. for the youth there, of there America. Every, I think every generation has timeless musicians going yeah. back hundreds and hundreds of years. Yeah. And people are still listening to Bach and Beethoven. But... There's also 90% at least of all musicians, regardless of the era, just fade into obscurity at some yeah. point. Well, my, which is how it is. My oldest son, Jake, when he was about five or six years old, he would listen nonstop to love, The Loving Spoonful. I loved John Sebastian, baby. Yeah, John Sebastian. Who he, it was the he, last time the auto harp was ever on a <laughs> rock and roll record. He played Woodstock. He did play Woodstock. Yeah. You're absolutely right. But that was timeless music. They need to bring back the era of just whatever random instrument you find in a store. And implement that on your next album. Well, yeah. Beck does that all the time. That's true. I, I, I'm a big Beck fan. But I think he's incredibly Beck creative. hasn't been in the mainstream eye in quite a while. It's been a, a lot. It's been late 90s, early But early the, the days are over where I was watching a YouTube thing on uh, Clapton, because I like you, obviously, Pornhub was down. <laughs> sure. We were on sure. YouTube. But, My um, wife is in the church. People are watching. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Sorry. But, um, <clears throat> you know, Sorry, he got most of those strats out of pawn shops. Yeah, and really? yeah, yeah re- you know, so it got him for nothing virtually. Blackie was uh, he bought the parts from that from uh, George at, at Groon Guitars in Nashville. Really? And yeah. Sarah and I went there actually on the KQ. I remember trip, that, yeah. And I said, hey, let's go to Groon Guitars. It's awesome. So we go in there, and some old guy. We're wandering around the main floor, and some old guy says, uh, "Can I help you?" And I said, "Yeah, I want to go up in the second floor and see the stuff that I can't afford to buy." And he goes, <laughs> "Okay, um, hang on." George Groon, the shore floor customer waiting. So George comes down, and he looks a lot like a doppelganger of a friend of mine named Leonard Shapiro. Old guy, thick glasses, bald, got the railroad. You're saying he was a member of the, the tribe? tribe. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, Possibly. Well, I wasn't listening to your story, but now go on. So we go up to a, the second floor, and he shows us around, and he's just, he's, he can tell he's on the spectrum somewhere. Mm. And we talk some technical guitar stuff, and... Then uh, I, I asked him, I said, George, how did you get into this? I mean, you've sold uh, uh, Dwayne Allman, his 59 gold top, the parts for Blackie. I mean, this is very important in rock history. And he goes, well, 
you know, it's kind of funny because I went to the University of Chicago and he, he studied uh, reptiles. He was a herptologist. Mm -hmm. And then he turns to my wife and says the following, want to see some snakes? So we go into his <laughs> okay, office and there's line. glass cages everywhere. <laughs> and really? five minutes later, I've got pictures of Sarah with these two white pythons wrapped around each of her forearms. Oh, God. Oh, boy. It was the craziest day. And it, you know, it's so much it's fun when the unexpected like that happens and you get to meet somebody you never thought you'd meet and they're totally different than what you... I yeah. just imagined he was going to be some electric guitar snob that would be kind of boring, but that was so funny. I love going into those shops, even Willie's. Oh, and Willie's is great. And he got great guitars over there. And uh, I tried to get Nate guitars. on the show a couple of Did times. Did you? But he, I, I could never get him to. He, it's a, it's the best guitar store in the Twin Cities. For sure. It's Willie's American Guitars. It's so by where Cecil's. You went to high school or uh, grade school. It's right it's down on, the street from Cecil's. Yeah. Oh. Cleveland and St. Clair. Yeah. Yep, St. Clair and Cleveland, yeah. yep. Um, Groveland Park <clears throat> Elementary, which when I went to Groveland Park Elementary in the 1950s, I thought, this is really an old building. <laughs> and it's still there. It's well, still it's St. Paul. I mean, it, you know. that thing has to be a hundred years old. Did you guys happen to hear the show a couple of days ago when Charlie, Charlie, uh, Charles Shane was on to the Dell Count? I did not. God, it was phenomenal. Oh, those were the days. I've, I've known Charlie. Well, Charles, he likes to go by. Now, is he still playing? Because yeah, he's got a still. He's got a concert coming up out at uh, the place out on Fifty Five. Um, oh, uh, what the hell! Those guys, those guys who were in bands like the Dell Counts and and uh, the Underbeats, and all those Rock bands, they're all they're some are dead, Medina. but the ones who aren't are Medina, still exactly. they're still playing. No, I'll tell you, honestly, God, he came and sat right where you are, and I because I had told him over the years, and his son I, and I had talked about it. That he was my inspiration to getting into music in the first place. Mm -hmm. The Delcons, I love the Delcons. They had a house gig forever on Hennepin Avenue somewhere. Yeah. where was that? I mean, all through the seventies, they were there. Played yeah. five or six Phenomenal. nights a week. So, he, um, funny story. I I bought a, a, another cool guitar store, which is down in Savage with Peter Wagner, Avans. Um, so anyway, I was looking for an SJ two hundred, which Dougie, I think, you strung for mm -hmm. me. So anyway, he called me and he said. I have a guy wanting to sell one. You should come down and meet him. So I go down there, and the guy was the started the Gypsies. Oh, sure. And oh, yeah, right. so I'm talking to him about the guitar. And you're talking he about said, James Walsh? Um, no. James I, Walsh was the keyboard player and the lead he, singer. He was a he guitar player. He just passed recently. He did. He just and, died. And um, I'll think of his name. So anyway, I'm down there with him, and they were the house band at the Whiskey A Go-Go. Um, and they were living in the hills out in L.A., and he said one night they came home and there were went to bed after playing at the Whiskey A Go-Go. Anyway, the helicopters, lights on at the house mansion next door, and it was the Manson. Ah. Oh, my God. Yeah, mm -hmm. it was Sharon, uh, Tate. Sharon Tate. Sharon Tate. And From Roman Polanski. That was Polanski's house was next that door. The leader that that man was Rick something, wasn't it? it was Andy, I was can't think of his name. It's the coolest guitar I have. It's a blonde uh, SJ old. God, um, didn't the Gypsies have like seven different guys in it? Uh, but yeah. I, I, he times, was the original. Yeah. I'll think of the name. I, I can't think of something. it. But he was an interesting guy because you know Whiskey A Go Go was a big deal yeah. to be oh, the yeah. house yeah, band well, out oh, God, at Whiskey yes. A Go Go. Um, I, there's a <clears throat> picture of Terry Kath, who was a brilliant uh, guitar player from the uh, first version of Chicago. Yep. Uh, playing, and Gypsy used to warm them up from time to time. He's playing, and he's got a Gypsy T-shirt on. Bench. Really? Did you did you guys ever see the uh, documentary on Chicago? I saw it flying one day, but uh, it was so great. When Chicago was in the 70s, they had a Learjet, which was a pretty big Ooh, thing to be there. But they had Vietnam vets as pilots, and so they would be up in the cockpit with Whoa. them. And the, I'd have a few would, drinks, and I don't drink. They would do rolls. So oh, if you can God. imagine yeah. today with the FAA, and yeah, um, you could get away. But it's an awesome documentary. I'll if to you, watch that. It, it's really cool. The other one that's a great documentary is, did you see the, the Tree Man, I think it's called, who is the um, Laval? He's the keyboard player, played for the Stones, played for everybody in the world, oh, Chuck, Chuck Lavault. Yeah. If you've never seen that documentary, I, 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 watched, I flew all the time thinking it's about trees, which the guy is, was the national award from the 
whoever does the tree stuff, but he was the one of the best piano players that nobody's really ever heard of. But he played, toured with the Stones. He toured with everybody. So his last name is Le, is pronounced Laval. I always thought that Level. was Level. Yeah, well, it's written Level. They, because they he has pronounce an, it Laval. One of his album was C Le, Level. C right? Level. Yeah, That's right. I remember that. But it's a great. You should really Google it and watch okay. it. It's a really interesting. I had no idea who he had played with. Everybody he has played with, and and most people I had never even heard of him. Was it was it C S E E? S E A. Was it S E A? That would have been cooler to be S E E though. That would have been. Yeah, that would have been good. That would have been much better. Get a hold of me, and I'll do your next album cover. Yeah. Okay, we'll take care of it. Chuck, if you're out there, right? <laughs> if you're out there right now. But I, I thought, how could you not know of somebody that's play, that's that good and that's played that much? Well, so there's a, there's a bunch of guys that like like the guy that's going to be playing tonight with Clapton. You've seen him a million times, and you go, "Who is that guy?" Oh, it's Chris Stanton. Yeah, all and, these and guys look who at are him, go, Oh, I've seen him play with here and here and here. It's just yeah. Imagine what just spend a day in Nashville, be able to go into all the recording yeah. studios. You'd you find so many great. Year. You'd find so many great musicians. Mm -hmm. Yeah, God, I used to have a great time going down to Nashville. That was a lot of fun. No question about that. I, I just um, it's like Bourbon Street for rednecks now, though. Yeah, it's yeah. true. Yeah, I know. Now you're absolutely well. You can't walk on Broadway because yeah. there's no room. Yeah. It is pretty amazing. I've seen, I've, I've just seen video of that. It's like I'm always thinking, like, where's the sidewalk? No, you can't see the sidewalk. No, you got no chance. Well, uh, uh, Gruen Guitars used to be right on Broadway, mm -hmm. and he moved it out into the suburbs. I said, why? And he goes, it's so loud down there. Even if you know the, well, the you bars the, start you got, at ten you, in the morning. You, you got, know, got the just, celebrity country western guys who yeah. own bars on Broadway. Yeah, which you know, there goes the neighborhood. No question. See, now I'm going to be thinking about B-sharp the rest of the day because of you guys. B-sharp. I used to love going to B-sharp, It's like the man. used car lot of music dealers. <laughs> I, I Go for a north side, boy. First Fender uh, amplifier there. I had to take the bus because I didn't even have a car yet. God. Haul that like, thing home. How, how much How much is that pro reverb? Well, how much do you think it is? <laughs> <laughs> An hour later. It's like buying a suit at Nate's. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, I, what so was B Sharp was uh, Central and was it Lindale? No, Central. Twenty fourth. Like it was 24th, somewhere there, some, yeah. like twenty fourth and, and and Central, somewhere in there. Boy, I spent a lot yeah, of time over. Going to B Sharp all the time. Oh yeah, I, I would imagine so. I keep forgetting you're there, Joe. <laughs> Sorry about that. What's that? I said this voice comes out of nowhere and like, oh shit, Joe's still on the line. <laughs> Indeed. Yeah, you used to go to Tarks in St. Paul on Rice Street too. Yeah. I bought a, uh, one of my greatest purchases was for my mother's funeral, I uh, bought a, a black in-mourning suit at Nate's. And I got, and what I really wanted to do was buy a suit from Morris, the 100-year-old salesman. Sure. Yeah. And so Morris was there. Morris was about four foot ten by then. I don't know what he was originally. <laughs> so Morris, and Morris is perfect. Morris has got the tape measure around his neck. Oh, of course you had yeah. to have that. And uh, Left or right? So I walk in and, and I, I say, you know, I, I want to buy a suit for Morris. Like, Morris, Morris comes up. He says he, he's got the thing and he starts measuring me right away. And he says, yeah. and I said to him, well, so uh, what, what do you think? Uh, he said, well, we don't have anything in your size. I, I got that a lot. He's oh, like sure. he's like four ten, and I said, well. <laughs> Where where do you buy your suits? Jerry Leonard. <laughs> Jerry, yeah, yeah nice. Yeah, for for tall men, yeah. So big and tall men. Big and tall, yes. <laughs> Don't forget the big part. And I was neither. Uh, but um, didn't you play basketball at like the JCC or something? Yeah, oh yes, he did. I played in the over forty league. I I led the league in three point shots. That's one of my favorite lines. Remember the movie Airplane when the flight attendant asked the lady, "Would you like something to read?" And she said, "Yeah, just something, not." And he's, she said, how about a leaflet on famous Jewish sports legends? Oh! <laughs> hey, there, listen, there's a lot of, a a lot lot of Jews of in the ma Major League Baseball now. Yeah, yeah. they were back in the day. Because, you know, they're... The, the ownership the, or on the teams? Both, both, <laughs> yes. Mm -hmm. Wow. Well, you know, there's a lot of Jews because there aren't that many white guys anymore. And we don't really qualify, so... You don't qualify yeah. as a honky? No, not, not okay. at all. So, no, um... Like a desert dweller? Is yeah. that what you are? I, I should have I said, though... Uh, because I always have to add this line. Tom's heard it a few times. I, I, and it's true, I didn't lead the league in, uh, in three-point shots, but that was in shots attempted. 
You need to know a guy for your auto repairs, legal issues, banking, and more. The same goes for investment advice. You need a guy to help you be successful, someone you can trust who gets results. Well, I got a guy for you, Josh Arnold. Josh gives you straight talk, not sugar-coated advice about your financial situation. Josh has seen it all when it comes to economic and market conditions, and Josh can make sure that your retirement objectives match your investments. Do yourself a favor and call Josh now for a no-obligation, 48-minute evaluation. You've got nothing to lose, and you'll get a different point of view for your investments. Call Josh at 952-925-5608. That is 952-925-5608. You'll be glad that you did. And tell him his his guy, Tom, sent you. Investment services offered by Josh Arnold Investment Consultant, LLC, a security investment advisor. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. All investments involve risk. All comments and opinions are Josh Arnold's and do not constitute investment advice. Tom Bernard is a paid endorser. Well, look who's here. Did you miss me, big ticket? Like an open sore Mrs. Carmex, man. Seriously, Doug, where have you been? I'm running flagship Ford in Baldwin, Wisconsin. The fireworks capital just 15 minutes east of the St. Croix? That's the place. Anyway, I've come up with some marketing slogans. You know, to put us on the map, read these and let me know what you think. Okay. Flagship Ford, drive a lot, save a little. Flagship Ford, you think you hate it now? Wait till you drive it. Flagship Ford, the largest Ford dealership in Baldwin, Wisconsin. Flagship Ford, where the cows are nervous. Flagship Ford, there is no ship, but we actually do literally have a flag. Awesome, huh? Read this. It's my favorite. Flagship Ford, white cars for... Hell no, I'm not reading that. You've been day drinking again? Maybe. The point is, buying a car should be fun and make you giggle a little bit. This is a great store I'm really proud of. You can check us out at FlagshipFord.com or email me directly at Doug at FlagshipFord.com. FlagshipFord.com. Well, so I was just our, uh, you know, as Doug and I work together, the half of the Fuse team is over in Israel. So we were traveling with a new CEO, and we go to a hotel in Phoenix, and we're checking in, and a young gal behind the counter, Yarn, says to me, oh, I got to call my wife, but it's late. And I said, how much later is it? And she said, I don't know, he said 10 hours or something, and the lady said, where are you from? And he said, Israel, and of course in Arizona it was 117. Oh, yeah. And she said, what's the difference between here and there? And I said, camels. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's true. I tried no, that. God. I well, you know, my, my, uh, my friend, uh, uh, Falmouth Dave, who uh, I, I knew at the track, and they called him Falmouth Dave because his name is Dave. And uh, <laughs> Yes, that's right. why. Yeah, so Falmouth Dave, I, I talked to him the other day. He's in Phoenix. He's in Phoenix, and uh, I said, well, what's, how's the weather there? He said, he said God damn it, it's 117 degrees today. I said, that's tough. I said, well, what else is going on? He said, well, my car was stolen. Oh. I said, oh, anything else? He said, yeah, I got fired. I said, well, wow, that's bad. He said, yeah, my mother died. This was all like in a three-week period. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. So now he's fall mouth day for other reasons, but... Yeah, that's a tough hit, though. You got to say. You don't call him. And uh, well, no, he called me oh, actually. Okay. Yeah, but I, I enjoy talking to Falmouth Day. He because he was a legend at the track. He's the probably the only person at the track who ever he was at the Sam machine. You know where you punch in the numbers there. Mm-hmm. You just put your ticket in. Right. You don't have to go all the way up to the tellers. And he's probably the only guy there who, first of all, he had a stroke while he was betting from the Sam machine. Oh jeez. Second. The right side of his body went numb. He was basically paralyzed on the right side. He's not anymore, but he was then. So then he used his, the fingers on his left hand to, to push the fingers that were already on the, the, on the right hand that were pushing the numbers on the SAM machine. So he would push his right-hand fingers with his left-handed fingers. Oh. And, and his friend was saying, Dave, Dave, the ambulance is on your way, on the way. You've you got to lie down. They said, yeah, I know, but i got to bet the sixth race. I, said, I, I really like the seven horse. <laughs> that so was how did it work out? Did it work out? It was fall mouth, Dave. He probably lost. Probably lost. But with yeah, dignity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what with, I don't get is teams. I was just with Crutch, and we were up in Vancouver, <laughs> and it's a casino. There is electronic roulette. roulette. Sure. Yeah. I'm like, kind of well, don't you just go in and go, how much do you want to lose? Right. How do you right, win you at that? I don't know. It's so awesome. I'm like... 
This is the dumbest thing I've ever seen in the world. You just it. It's a random number generator, basically. So they, have, but I'm assuming they have the same sound effects. The, uh, the, uh, the, oh, sure. The ball bouncing yeah, around. Yeah, 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 of course. Because that's really what roulette is all about. What mm-hmm. a shocker they lost. Come on. No. I swear, yeah. Yeah, yeah, roulette's, uh, I, I've heard people say, you know, I'm really good at roulette. What? <laughs> what, what's, what does that yeah, mean? Really good at roulette. I'm, okay. It's like I'm really good at uh, coin tossing. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, except it's worse, of course, because you're going to lose, you know, like, it's, it's most of the stuff you see in a casino are, it's just it's just an instant cash machine in yes, reverse. You know, absolutely. You, you put a dollar in, you get ninety cents back, and that that goes on for hours. Mm-hmm. And pretty soon, the dopamine's no longer rushing in. I suppose I, I remember the first time I ever went in a casino because I, I played some poker in high school and that stuff. I mean, just with friends. Oh yeah, not I a big did deal. Too. Friendly poker. <clears throat> I walked into it to the casino up north. It was up. I don't remember the first one. Might have been in Red Lake. Maybe I don't remember. Yeah. Well, they're selling pot there now. Yeah, they are selling pot up there. I can't remember where it was. It up north somewhere near Walker, Minnesota. Does oh, that yeah. make sense? Leech Lake area. Or yeah, something. the Leech Lake area. So I walk into the casino and I go, Why do people come here? They said, What do you mean? I said, well, Look around. Not a lot of people win by coming in no. here. I'll t- take a gander. You know, they didn't build this building because everybody loses. Everybody wins. That's always a clue, right? When the (laughs) casinos are bigger than houses, that might be a hint. I was out at Mystic a few weeks ago. Moon and Cindy and Sarah and I and some other friends went to see Daryl Hall, which don't bother. Really? And Todd, who's still great. But you you walk through there, and there's there's so many people that look like they're living on social security i know because they are yeah they're betting it's depressing as hell they bet the hell out of them too it's it's and it's casinos that's where most of the gambling addicts go yeah Mm -hmm. you know they're not spending like the night before reading the racing form no 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 it's 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 about the dopamine rush yeah all all it is and when the dopamine rush ends they're still at it. And that yep. sound, that ding, 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 yep. ding. It's all, very, it's all very carefully designed to give you the most uh, yep. most reward yeah. pathway activation. Thank God they, a, they those... did ban smoking finally. Oh, yeah. yeah. Did, did oh, I, I think it was fairly recent because the carpet still suits. smells. But. I, used to go, I used to go to Mystic Lake, and, and I, did a, I did like on Sunday afternoons, I, I did a th- an appearance there. And uh, I was there for like three hours or something. And I, I came home. The first thing I had to do was, it was, of course, this is the football season. So the first thing I, I had to do was throw the clothes that I was wearing into a snowbank. Because uh, of the smoke? Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. And then, I, and then I, would, I would just spend about an hour in the bathroom. Which means Mike Gelfand's wandering around St. Louis Park in the wintertime <laughs> naked. Right. Totally naked. Perfect. And the problem is nobody notices. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> and, you oh, know, look, it's a snow angel. And, right. Yeah, and then I'd have, I'd have to spend another hour just hocking up blue phlegm. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. And the, the, eyes, the eyes started to clear up about three days later. Oh, I bet. Uh, it's, it's, I don't know how people could do that. I we never used to play at, uh, remember the Hexagon Bar? Oh, sure. 26 oh, and 26. Yeah. They had a little tiny, it was a fun place to play, except they had a, uh, smoke filtering machine that I think they actually wired it backwards because yep, it was the smokiest smoke place. <laughs> it just actually yeah. generated just coughed it smoke. Out. Yeah. And, and I smoked cigarettes back in those days and I couldn't stay in the place. You, know, you couldn't see by the third set. Yeah. And not from drinking. That was usually the fourth set when that happened. Oh, there's a different deal, was it? That's right. Okay. Well, well, that's what happens when you're in the hub of hell, as they yeah. call 26th and 26th. I love that area well, down there. a lot there. of good times. Sure. Good time. got, what, a Lariat Lanes is right there? Lariat Lanes. I'm, not Stardust, though. Uh, the Stardust, yeah. Oh, Stardust. Lariat's different. I remember oh, going, that's, that's in Richfield. I remember yeah. going into the, star, the Stardust with a couple friends, the Stardust Bowling Alley, and it, was, uh, it must have been about 1969, I would say. And we walked in there. And there was this new video machine called Pong. Oh, God, Pong? yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. Atari. Yeah, the Atari Pong. And, you know, you, you would slide the, the, little, the little rudder, and then about a minute later, the ball would hit the rudder. And, and we figured this is it. This is it. This is the ultimate. That's Life will never be better. No, no. No one will ever come up with anything more exciting oh, than Pong. Yeah, <clears throat> a bread tie. 
or something. <laughs> God, I, I did like playing Pong. I got to be I honest. I did, too. I we liked all it. did. I had a good time. Yeah. No question about it. I, yeah, I've never been a big gambler. I don't know why that is. I just, I never cared for it. Well, I, I like sports betting, and obviously I like uh, betting on horses, but the whole casino thing, you know, well, year after year thing. we'd go to Las Vegas, and it'd be yeah. like the only three days of the year when I never made a bet. Yeah, that's true, because, well, they would, you didn't bet on horses out there even? Uh, you like to be there when well, you're betting on horses? The problem is most of, most of the casinos would have like a, a, a sort of almost a cubicle where you could bet on horses. Oh, okay. And now Caesars is an exception. They, they had yeah. a huge horse racing room. But generally speaking, there'd be a little cubicle, and there'd be 20 people in there, and 19 would be smoking. So you just couldn't go in there. God, Mike, you just reminded me of something. I don't remember the year, but the last time we made an appearance in Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. Do you remember? Were you there for that appearance? I don't. I don't think so. I was. I think I was there. Was that when you and me and Lastman went to the pot farm? No, that was much later. Okay, we went out there. That was like eighteen or nineteen. It wasn't that long ago. Because this one was a, a while longer, but we uh, showed up. Nobody tell. Nobody ever told me anything. And as a matter of fact, they still do that. If you're in radio, they don't tell you anything, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm back in the Frank Sinatra's dressing room. Right, <laughs> All right. Right back at the Golden Nugget, right? I'm back in there. It's and like I a keep... museum, huh? Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely it is. The couch is still there where you, yeah. you know, if yeah. you know what I mean. Oh, yeah. Got the chicks yeah, back. Yeah, yeah. Chicks maybe, are digging them, man. Hanging on to his toupee. But I hear all this noise. I'm like, what the hell is this? I, this is weird. I walk out on stage, there are 5,500 people at the show. Wow. Yeah. I will never forget that. Oh, yeah. It's like there, was no, that, there wasn't even any standing room left wow, there. Wow, that's awesome. Uh, you know what? That was in 2007 because the economy collapsed a couple of months later. I do remember that's exactly what happened. Yeah. I, I think I went like about, it was about 2004 or something. Oh, was it? And I was not in a good mood. Not you. What? Well, I'm, you know, it was. <laughs> Come on. My brother had died fairly recently. Oh, I remember. And so I was not. I just I wasn't up to it. And all I remember is we we got back home. I walked into uh, Dave Hamilton's office. He was the program director. And uh, I didn't ask a question. I just said, uh, Dave, I'm never going to Vegas again. Yeah. He said, Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> yeah. We, uh, as you know, you, you got to be in a Vegas mood. Yeah, you do, no question. I just went out there because the people were so damn nice. Oh, they were great, good. yeah. But um, the problem with that was that the morning show started at three thirty in the morning. Yeah, because of the time difference. And yet, <laughs> and yet, three thirty in the morning was, of course, the still still the same time that you got up when you were in Minneapolis. No, that's true. So no, in, you're absolutely in, right. In theory, it shouldn't have made much of a difference. But in my brain, thought it was one right. thirty right. in the morning. And, that's the problem. Yeah. Well, I remember, I, and I'd show up because, you know, usually I came into the show about an hour late. So, um, you know, at, at home, I mean. So I showed up. I remember the, this is the first time I showed up an hour late, just as I would have any uh, anyway. And the, there were like a thousand people booing when I came in. So what were they booing? They were booing because I was late. <laughs> Are you sure? And or is yeah, that the right. lie we tell ourselves? Yeah. Well, no, because, yeah, because for some go. reason they, you know, I, I, I don't know. Some of those people liked me. And, uh, I they never, did, I, man. I never you had huge why. fans. You still have huge fans in the old KTU Stretch and show. Z show. Yeah. Yep. Those were the days. Uh, the Stretch and Z show, we did like 120 episodes. And most of them were pretty good. The first one was horrible. We had no idea what we were doing. There was no, like, we didn't do a pilot or anything like that. The guys who were working the cameras, the, the, the guys who were, you know, the director, all these people hated us. They hated having to be there. Not John Gallus, though. Not John. Oh, no. John Gallus, one of the He's nicest phenomenal. people ever. That was the best move we ever made. Greatest guy in the world. Hiring Gallus mm-hmm. to be our, our sidekick, our announcer, you name it. He, he was, just knowing him was a thrill. No question. And, uh, but but these, all these people hated this and, you know, hated being there. And the show was I was so bad. That was so course show was on Friday night, uh, Friday night, stretch and three and Friday for sports, sports Friday. So Monday morning, I walk in to the, to the KQRS studios and Tom won't look at me. <laughs> and I'm sure Tom, you what remember that. Yeah. <laughs> you remember that. 
No, I don't. He wouldn't look at me. It was so bad, and he had seen it. He just he didn't want to say anything to me at all. That's when I knew. That's when I knew how bad it was. I had a Stretch and Z T-shirt actually. Uh, so Jocelyn was an intern for WCCO mm. back then during the Stretch and Z days. Yeah. Down at CCO. And I still have uh, I have a couple Stretch and Z T-shirts. They're in mint condition. And I, I, I went on the eBay one day and I said uh, to find out how much a mint condition uh, Stretch and Z t-shirt was. And it cost, I think, about $4. Yeah, it's a lot of money, man. I was a little disappointed. A lot of money Over there. Over sticker from back then. I, yeah. think, I think I could hawk it on the street and get better than that. Yeah. True story. My first appearance on the Stretch and Z show, back then I weighed about 320. It was much bigger <laughs> than I am now. I remember. And I walked out on, and this is live on the air. Yeah. And I walk out on the set, and I sit down on the couch, and all of a sudden it goes, crack, <laughs> like that, right? Yep. And what did Zelenovich say? Uh, I think I know what he said. Just uh, Not that I remember, but I know what he would say. Get okay. the, is that right? And who should get the gun, though? Uh, yeah, well, who was, well, get the gun. It's, it's a famous line. You are correct. Yeah. So there's this pop. And Zelenich goes, Rafer, get the gun. Well, Rafer, yes, of course, yeah. <laughs> I will never. Z loves saying that. Oh, he loved to say you that. You didn't yeah. just make his day. You made his year. Oh, probably true. I hope he's listening. I miss him a lot. Oh, yeah. Well, I haven't seen him in many, many it's years. Been decades for me. But, yeah, that, that I probably should have warned you that, that the entire set was purchased at the Salvation Army. Yeah, maybe it might have been a gun. I'm I'm, gonna, I, it did sound like a gunshot. That was a crack. I don't think it was you. I think it was the furniture. You think it was the furniture? Oh, that was a good show, though. I, I agree with you, Tom. That I used to love watching that yeah. show. Yeah, we had a lot of fun uh, right up until the day when the uh, the sports, the WCCO ran the the sports, the sports. What was it? The um, Midwest Sports Channel. Oh yeah, right. And everything was great. It was going great. They didn't have a lot of uh, programs, but they did have the Stretch and Z show, and they were doing all right. And then the accountant took over. Uh, and like two uh -oh. weeks later, we were all fired. Yep. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Do you, Tom, do you ever see Don Schilling? Don Schilling. Shelby. Shelby, I meant. Oh, you meant Shelby. Shelby. Yeah, he, yeah, he hosted this show last week. Yeah. Oh, did he really? Mm -hmm. I, I haven't seen to it him. in a long time. Yeah, it was that always awesome. Good. It was, it, we had a Phenomenal. good time last week. He talked about speech therapy from recovering from his last right. stroke. Yep. And I guess yeah. he was sitting around. He watched the whole Highlander series like four times. And as part of his therapy, he thought, you know, what if I do the Gettysburg Address in a Scottish brogue? <laughs> <laughs> and he did it, and he actually yeah. did the, you know, the first few lines of the Gettysburg Address on the show, and it was hysterically funny. But the, the even funnier part was he thought he was really going to impress his speech therapist, and he gets done, and she goes, yeah, it's pretty common. <laughs> did, did he cut his hair? He grew out his hair for a while. No, his hair's still yeah, not as long as it was. Doesn't okay. quite have the anchorman haircut. But yeah, no, yeah, doesn't no, quite. Don sees fun when he comes in. He's got the what we call across the border the Wisconsin waterfall. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. And well, you know, speaking, of, of course, I have to now down just go into my te my downer phase, but. I did see that my <laughs> well, the show's been it? on for an Let hour. I was going to say it's been 37 <laughs> years now. Right. No, I was just going to say my favorite uh, WCCO TV journalist of all time died just a few days ago. Uh, Karen Boros. I didn't know Karen Boros died. Yeah, just a few days ago. Jesus, really? Yeah. She was around forever. Oh, she was. Well, the thing about Karen was she she was uh, unlike the ones they have today. She was not an entertainer. She was, he was actually a journalist. I, think, I was going to steal Doug's wallet, but I yeah. said oh, against I it. got three Put kids in college. You'd be doing me a favor. Yeah. <laughs> um, you guys, I'm going to have to run. We are actually, the show's it. over. The show's oh, over now. okay. I thought it was 90 minutes. Oh, Sorry. Okay. Awesome. No, sir. So anyway, Karen, yeah, I, it, she, was, she was a great, great reporter. Uh, and uh, she kind of, she kind of uh, made me famous. I was covering City Hall. She was covering City Hall. And one day she did a story about uh, some committee meeting. And uh, they had a nice shot of me uh, during her, during her uh, stand-up. They had a nice close-up of me mm -hmm. reading the sports section of the Oh, that's Tribune. nice of you. Yeah. <laughs> really nice. I loved it. Tommy, always great to see you. you got to come in more often. Yeah, nice yeah. to see you guys. It's Douglas. awesome. 
every Thursday. I said, you heard me. Well, I have to figure out how to do this because the timing is going to be tough. Of course it is. Well, I'm not, not on your behalf. I'm in on everybody else's behalf. No, Thanks you know what I'm ruining saying, everything, so Doug. They're moving yeah. everything up. Yeah, way to, way to ruin everything, Doug. Yeah. Way to go. I had nothing to do with it. <laughs> All right, we'll talk to you later. Fine. Fine.